Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh my dear sisters I hope you're all well Welcome to episode 10 of Her Story Inspires podcast If you're new here, I'm Hannah Thank you so much for your patience with the upload of episode 10, 11 and 12 um, of season 1 Uh, onto youtube and podcast they are available already on our ig page we appreciate your love and support um mashallah so alhamdulillah um i've got amazing news we've been kindly nominated by you guys for two sisters in business awards the first one being uh, the best podcast category and the second one for the most inspiring category it honestly means so so much and jazakallah to all of you who have uh, nominated us um it's honestly just so exciting and alhamdulillah i'm really humbled um alhamdulillah so if you have benefited from the episodes and if they've inspired you if they made you feel less alone in your struggles then please please vote it will only literally take you just literally one second you're just gonna go straight to the link you click on the link and then it takes it takes it to the voting page and then you scroll to where uh, her story inspires uh, podcast is and you just 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 literally just click and that's it that's that's how quick it is so the link to the voting page is in our bio in our instagram page and if you're watching this on youtube uh, i will include it in the description box below and if you're uh, listening uh, across one of our podcast platforms i have shared it on the description box as well um and again barakallah fi kunna mother sisters is really really appreciated and honestly it's so exciting that um that we've been uh, subhanallah like um recognized subhanallah uh, honestly it's such a blessing and it it honestly is something that um that I feel really, really grateful for. So, barakallah fikunna. So, in this episode, um, Aisha kindly shared her struggles with being born without a uterus, um, but she didn't find out until she was uh, 14 years old. It was a very moving and inspiring talk with a heartfelt letter towards the end that she wrote to her younger self um, that will definitely need you, my dear sisters, reaching out for a tissue box. Um, subhanallah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept it from her and her family and uh, to preserve you all, my dear sisters. And um, yeah, that's it from me now. Take care of yourselves. And assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillah. We all have a story a story of pain, a story of shame, guilt sadness and grief a story of ups and downs highs and lows that gave birth to who you are today that empowered you to stand tall despite how broken you felt inside and it's this that makes you special beautiful strong and inspiring her story inspires is a weekly online show where women will be sharing their story of courage to leave you feeling inspired and more importantly to know that you're not alone. Okay, Bismillah. Are you ready to begin, Aisha? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's begin, inshallah. So, Bismillah, wa salatu wa salam ala Rasulillah, Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yasilli amri, wahlul uqdata min lisani yafqahu qawli. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, dear Aisha. Wa alaikum wa salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, dear Hannah. MashaAllah, so lovely to have you here today um, and inshallah, I just want to welcome you uh, officially to episode 10 of Her Story Inspires podcast and to the sisters who've joined us as well, assalamu alaikum, I hope you're well, jazakallah khair for taking, that, taking time out tonight um, to join us in this live. Um, so inshallah today we have a special guest speaker by the name of Aisha Khawaja. So Aisha is, uh, has a PGCE in primary teaching and mashallah she's also a special educational needs teaching assistant and she's recently mashallah uh, kind of come out and shared her experience with MRKH and inshallah, we're going to be um, discussing what, what it is and what it stands for. Um, and to kind of just uh, like 
be aware that it is something that you know exists and um yeah to just know more about it inshallah um so before we get into that let's go way back to Aisha as a child what was she like um i was a really quiet child i had something called selective mutism so although i would speak to my family and friends at school and maybe my teaching assistant, I didn't actually speak to my teacher until like year two. Eventually okay. I managed to o- overcome that. Uh, yeah, and although I was very quiet, I was very social, social and friendly. I enjoyed playing with my neighbor's children. I enjoyed playing outdoors a lot. I really enjoyed school until I got to about year three. Then I went through some bullying I had my pack lunch stolen and I got physically bullied as well so I got pushed and kicked um Mm. once I was injured quite badly and my school shirt was torn so at that point I I didn't feel like going to school anymore and I became quite unhappy at the same time my parents were trying to get me into Islamic school Okay. And alhamdulillah, they managed to get me into Islamic school. So when there, when there was about three weeks left of year three, I left my local state school and I joined the Islamic school. Yeah. Alhamdulillah, I settled in really quickly and I really enjoyed it there. In particular, I really enjoyed year six. I have really lovely memories of year six after our year six exams that class teacher would take us to the local park and we would play cricket yeah and also Mm. I was born with a condition called bilateral hydronephrosis so that means the kidneys become stretched and swollen as a result of buildup of urine so Mm. alhamdulillah it didn't really cause me any issues I was just prone to urinary tract infections so I just had to make sure I drink a lot of water, but yeah. that did involve a lot of hospital visits. So mm. I would have to regularly go to the hospital for u- ultrasounds and I had to have antibiotics for a couple of years. Yeah. Oh, and how old so, were you when you were starting to go to those hospital appointments? So I was diagnosed with that before I was even born. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So it started as soon as I was born. Um, it, cont- it continued regularly until I was 16. Then yeah. I was discharged and I was just told mm. if you develop any problems to be referred back to a urologist. Okay. Okay. MashaAllah. So then um, after year six, did you move on to um, a secondary school that's also like Islamic school or? Yeah. So the primary school that I went to, it was Islamia primary school. They also had a secondary. So okay. I just continued on and a, lot, okay. and a lot of my friends from primary also went to the same secondary. So that was quite nice. Yeah. Although it was part of the same school, I did have some difficulty at first adjusting. I, I was always okay. a good student and did my homework, but for some reason I always missed the chemistry deadline. <laughs> and the teacher <laughs> would think that I'm making like excuses, but I genuinely d- didn't realise when we turned our homework in. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, and then I made friends with this really ch- chatty girl, and that caused me a bit of trouble as well. I'll get into trouble for chatting Aww. to her in lessons. <laughs> and <laughs> and then I had this Arabic teacher who would give us exams every lesson, and yeah. if we failed three exams, she would give us a detention. And yeah. my background is I'm Pakistani, so. Obviously, I found that quite difficult, and I ended up getting detention just for failing th- three exams, Aww, yeah. which I thought was quite unfair and not right. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yes, actually, um, while we were having our detention, my mm. friend's granddad came to shout at the Irish teacher and said to her, "Do you know, Urdu? You know, it's not fair that you're giving these girls <laughs> detention." True. It's true, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, and you know the reason she wrote for detention was for not doing homework, which is which again oh. is not 
right I would always do my homework yeah so, yeah because yeah, she knew um, herself that it is on right so she thought let me make up mm. a lie <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah mm. after that I eventually settled in quite well I really enjoyed secondary school yeah Masha, yeah that's really really good it was like so a family what, atmosphere. Oh, yes, mashallah. Yeah, I had a lot of, I'm, I'm, I've known um, a few sisters who attended Islamia. And, okay. uh, mashallah, the experience uh, of it is, mashallah, was, was always quite positive. Um, mashallah, so that's really good to hear. I, I, like what you said, like, as a, it felt like a family. Like a lot of them did, mm. did say that as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mashallah, yeah. that's really good. Yeah, so then a lot of my friends were starting their periods. I was also going through all the puberty symptoms like pubic hair, um, underarm hair, developing breasts. But I I just wasn't starting my period. But I wasn't Mm. really concerned. I just thought maybe I'm a late bloomer because my mum started at 15. So I thought maybe I'll just start late. Although mm. both my older sisters had started when they were 12, going on 13. But it was in, in year nine when my mum really started being worried. Can you hear me okay? Can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you now. Yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know what happened. Yeah. So um, when I was in year nine my mum started yeah. getting quite worried that I hadn't started my periods and also at the same time I started getting a lot of um, body hair so mm. my mum was quite concerned and she took me to the GP who sent me for a blood test the blood test didn't really show anything was wrong the doctor just said maybe I've got polycystic ovary syndrome so okay. I was just advised maybe to lose some weight and then my periods would start. So mm. after a couple of months, again, I went back to my doctor because I hadn't started my periods. And this yeah. time I got referred to a local hospital, Queen Chelsea and Charlotte mm. Hospital. I didn't okay. realise at the time, but it was the UK's National Centre for MRKH. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. I got re- referred there at my first appointment the gynecologist took my history asked me what time at what age I started developing the signs of puberty Mm. and I had some examination I had an ultrasound and blood test after the ultrasound they started explaining the syndrome to me but I wasn't given a name I was yeah. told I would have to have a MRI scan to confirm. Yeah. So then I had an MRI scan and then at my fourth appointment, I took my mum and sister along, who was a medical student at the time. She's a GP now. And I got diagnosed with MRKH. Mm. Yeah. I'm sure okay. a lot of what you are wondering. What does MRKH stand for? Yeah, what does it yeah. For? <laughs> I was just going to say a lot of you might be wondering what, what is MRKH. MRKH, it stands for Mayer Rokitensky Kuster Hauser Syndrome. It's named after the four doctors that discovered it. It, it means that I was born without a uterus and where the vagina is supposed to be, I've just got a small opening a small vaginal dimple alhamdulillah i still have my ovaries that's why i went through all the signs of puberty yeah there's two types there's also a type two where your kidneys are affected you can have hearing loss or problems with the bone as well yeah yeah for years i thought i had type one but I've got quite a lot of other medical issues, so I think I fall under type two. Okay, yeah. okay. So, and how did you feel? How old were you when you were diagno- officially diagnosed with it? Um, so I was fourteen, a few weeks. Fourteen, before yeah. My fifteen, yeah, a few weeks just mm. before my fifteenth. 
it was Aww, really and how did difficult. you how did you take it yeah i was already a very quiet person and it just made me even more quieter um mm. it made me have like a identity crisis because you're always taught that once you have your periods you're complete as a woman like from an islamic perspective as well so yeah mm. I, i really felt really broken and incomplete as a woman i didn't feel like a complete woman anymore um yeah and then um in year 11 mm. my dad was diagnosed with cancer leukemia and mrkh was really affecting me negatively as well on an emotional level and i mm. fell into a type of depression mm. yeah um although oh, like after the gcse exam I- i'd be going out to different theme parks and various outings with my friends i just didn't feel the enjoyment and I-, i would actually lock myself in the toilet and cry several times a day i found it really hard to d- disclose to my family how i was feeling mm. alhamdulillah i did find some really nice support groups online yeah where i could talk to other ladies going through the same thing and that was really helpful i also yeah. did go to support groups in person but i found it really hard to open up yeah 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 and also yeah. when i was diagnosed my class were actually learning about the female reproductive system so i found that quite oh. tough as well but yeah. i did manage to disclose to some of my close friends actually yeah. the the way i did it was with one of my friends we had a, a diagram of the female reproductive system and my friend whispered to me have you started your period yet and i'm like no i haven't and i yeah. won't be getting them and I explained because I was born without and I pointed to the uterus and vagina a picture of it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Even at that young age um my friend was a big support. Oh. Yeah. Whenever the conversation or periods would come up she would whisper to me are you okay do you want me to change the topic which I thought was really sweet. Oh that's uh, very yeah. sweet. Yeah. Sure yeah. Know. And also at that time um and there was some news about an indian grandmother who gave birth to her own children grandchildren yeah. Yeah. through ivf surrogacy so ivf surrogacy mm-hmm. is using your eggs and your partner's sperms and fertilizing it in another lady's uterus okay yeah I, i'm not sure islamically that would be permitted but some emirates ladies have gone down that path and we okay. actually had the school share discuss it in an assembly mm-hmm. but again he, he, even he was able to give a clear answer if that's allowed okay that's really interesting subhanallah like you would you subhanallah we kind of just take it for granted when you're like a, like a woman um that you know you just grow up you get your period and then you get married and then you have your children and you think like every other woman out there is going through that same journey not knowing that there is a there are women who you know who haven't experienced uh you know a period or don't have a uterus um like obviously it's been many years now since you got diagnosed yeah it's like been 16 years how, now yeah so how have you been able to mentally like manage the fact that you have this you have this condition like what's helped you manage could you say it's been a rocky road it's been tough but i definitely feel having strong iman has helped me and remembering mm. examples from the quran like in surah imran there's a story of zakaria alayhi salam where zakaria alayhi salam asked allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a child and then the angel gives him the glad tidings of having yahya alayhi salam yeah. and zakaria alayhi salam goes how can i have a child when i'm old and my wife is barren and allah says be and it is so 
examples like that. And then there's another example where Ibrahim السلام, and Sarah have two children at old yes. age as well. And the miracle yes. birth of Isa السلام. So remember, remembering all of these stories really gives me hope and really helps me cope. And also yeah. I had the opportunity to go for Hajj and Umrah. So that was a really beautiful Iman lifting experience as well. And just mm-hmm. by making lots of dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make the test easy for me. And I feel yeah. like Alhamdulillah, Allah has made it easy for me. Like yeah. the eye and the Quran says after hardship is ease. Yeah. It definitely is true. Even though at the time you feel like you can't go through it, it's too much. Yeah. Allah helps you find a way out of it. And also, mm. Alhamdulillah, I've got really supportive family, friends and MRK sisters, some of them who are listening here today. Yeah. They've really helped me as well. They've allowed me to ha- have a shoulder to cry on, being there to give me a hug, and being there to uplift me. That's also, really being an auntie has really helped me as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got four nephews and one niece, and <laughs> they always keep me going. And I'm at the age where a lot of my friends are married having children and I really want the same and and it can be really hard to know that it'll be really difficult for me so mm. being an auntie kind of helps fill that void of not being a mom oh, and also I, I work as a special needs teaching assistant so yeah. currently I'm working with a girl who has autism she's got a form of autism called pathological demand avoidance Yep. So, yeah, that's been a really rewarding profession yeah. and helped me feel better as well. Um, sometimes accidentally the girl even calls me mum and I absolutely love it. Aww. And that's it. And she needs a lot of help, like even she needs help getting changed for PE and stuff. So that has really yeah. helped me. But also other things like journaling, writing down my emotions. Mm. Uh, joining support groups online and in person has really helped because it's quite a rare thing and only people that are going through the same thing can truly relate to you and by hearing their positive experiences also gives you hope that things get better for you as well one day May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you an you know an opening and grant you many many righteous children and and honestly don't give up like we always hear stories of um uh, like people like trying to you know to uh to conceive and it you know being a a, a, like a test for them um but subhanallah like you know years down the line Allah blesses them with with a child and some even more than one child um Mm. so don't don't give up inshallah Thank you. Or also, um, I find like mindfulness helps, like deep breathing mm. and tapping techniques have helped me as well. Yeah. That's beautiful. And um, I'm just going to read the comments quickly, Aisha. Yeah. Um, so, Asalaamu Alaikum to all those who joined us. Um, um, sorry, let me just go to the top. So just to make sure I haven't missed out any of the comments. Uh, we've got uh, Mr. Khan, me saying salam Aisha, sus, sus underscore mommy. I loved it there. Uh, where's this? <laughs> oh, did, she, did you go to Islamia as well? Maybe she went to Islamia. Is that your friend, uh, Aisha? Uh, what's the sus, sus underscore mommy? I don't. Okay. <laughs> Perhaps, okay. but I don't recall. Yeah, probably she's using a different username. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Um, I will. Assalamualaikum to everyone who's joined us. Um, sorry, just trying to get through the comments as quickly as possible. Walaikum salam, Yasmin Agala. She said, "Subhanallah, such powerful reflections of the story of Zakaria." Mashallah. Assalamualaikum to everybody. Um, uh, yes, may Allah make it easy. I mean, um, nurturing learners. I mean, may Allah grant you all that you wish for. 
and more, my lovely. I mean, mashallah. Jazakha um, everyone for, for your beautiful comments and uh, dua for uh, our dear speaker, Aisha. Okay, so um, can you tell us a bit about how your family um, dealt with that, with the, of, of your diagnosis? Like, how did they take it? Yeah, so initially, my mom actually told me, don't tell anybody. Aww. Yeah, yeah. And even um, my GP advised my mom, he's an Indian background, um, don't tell anybody and just get her married off. <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> yeah. 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 So initially, my mom didn't really want me to tell anybody. Yeah. But yeah, I think that makes it harder to keep it all to yourself. But, yeah. But, but now they don't mind being open about it. And both my sisters, my mom, my cousin, my friends, they've all been with me to support group at the yeah. hospital. Yeah. And they've been really supportive about it. And my mom's always reminding me of lovely family reminders as well to uplift me. Mashallah, that's really beautiful. What about your sisters, your older sisters? How did they take it? I, I heard one of my sisters um, got quite upset when I got diagnosed. Mm. She didn't show mm. it to me, but I did hear she, she was quite upset about it. Oh, so. I feel like and it's such a um, beautiful gift that I've been blessed for the four nephews and one niece, and Alhamdulillah, I've got such a bond with them and I get to spend lots of time with them yeah mashallah swarakallah you're always sharing like your messages on whatsapp about what you do with them mashallah which is so mashallah so beautiful of Aisha rajallah anha the wife of yeah. the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. um and she was actually she actually had the kunya um abdullah um even yeah. though she she never you know as we know she she, she didn't conceive yeah. she didn't have any children yeah. And the reason why she has that name was because of her nephew, her her sister's son. Her sister Asma had a son, uh, and he, yeah. his name was Abdullah. So she nurtured him. She spent a lot of time with him, and she loved him just like as if he was her own son. So that's where she got her kunya from, Um Abdullah. Um, so it's so beautiful that we have examples um, yeah. in our Islamic like history mm. and heritage of women, um, you know, that didn't have their own child per se, but uh, their nephews, their nieces, the, the children around them became like their own children. Um, mm. Subhanallah. Yeah, that's really beautiful because I feel I don't know about you. Maybe you can you know join me in join me yeah. in, uh, in what I'm saying. But like with me growing up, like in my twenties when I was growing up in my twenties, there was a lot of emphasis like on what makes a Muslim woman like an, an amazing mm. Muslim woman, and it was mm. always just two things: a mother, <laughs> a, a wife, yeah, and a mother. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah. do you see? So imagine someone with this condition <laughs> sitting there and listening to this. And thinking, okay, so where do I fit in this? So am I not good enough? Or, mm, uh, I did feel um, like am that. I not, not good enough. Yeah. yeah. Like, wh- where would I, where do I stand? Like, where's my worth, you know? Um, mm. And it never sat right with me, you know, because because mm. when I'm studying at the time, you know, I'm studying like Islamic history and I'm seeing all these examples of great women in the Quran, in the, in, in the Sunnah. And then it's like, but it doesn't make sense then because they weren't mothers, yeah. um, mm. you know, and yet Allah has, you know, has elevated their status, you know, to, to really yeah, high true. status. So how did you feel? Like, how did you get through that stage? Because... For example, like with this podcast, there could be like a sister who's going to be listening and she may have like um, like a similar, uh, maybe not like even the same condition as you, for example, but uh-huh. she could um, just be struggling uh, to get married or to find someone or maybe she's struggling to, to conceive. Um, and mashallah, it seems like you've, you've, you've come a long way and you've really grown, mashallah. So what would you advise such a sister who's hearing all of that and is kind of struggling? Like, what would you advise her? Like, what, what would you share with her to kind of um, give her that 
that inner strength to kind of, you know, think well of herself and her situation. So we're all different, but what helped me was surrounding myself with children. So when I was oh. in my first year of university, yeah. I started volunteering and then working in the prison play area. So children who visit their father's uncle or brothers in prison, there's a playroom where they can come and do arts and craft, play a board game, play with toys. And I also used to sometimes work on the family days where the fathers could do activities with the children, where they could do yeah. like cake decorating, t-shirt decorating. So for me, surrounding myself with children in all different formats yeah. has been really helpful to overcome the difficulty. Yeah. Um, yeah. I even worked as a teacher for a short time. I worked as a teaching assistant, high-level teaching assistant. So just surrounding myself by children. Um, uh, Even Mm. I'm an uh, auntie to all the children in my neighborhood. And they all call me Aisha Khala. Khala, which means auntie, because their aunties are like back home in Pakistan. So I am am actually like the auntie. Yeah, so I enjoy spending time with them going on outings with them, doing arts and crafts. And also recently during the lockdown, I've had opportunities to present Islamic webinars. And sometimes I've had like 150 children attend. So like the last webinar we did was about Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So we told the story of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then we did like a quiz about it. We had an arts and craft activity, so Mashallah. all these things really help keep me going. Yeah, yeah. Mashallah, I think it's so beautiful that you've taken some, like you've taken a test that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has blessed you with. You've taken it, and you're 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 not saying, "Oh, look, I can't have children, so let me just um, or or, or I, I, you know, it's going to be difficult for me to have a child." Mm. You know, and let me just, um, I'll just keep away from children or I don't know. It's so beautiful that you've just thought, okay, for now, it may not be possible, but what are my options and, and what can I do? And I think it's so beautiful mm. that you've kind of just opened your heart to the children of, of, of others and made them like as if that, made them as if that they're, they're your own child. Mm. Um, I think that's so beautiful, subhanAllah. Um, may Allah accept it from you. I mean, it's going to read some of the comments. Um, so, Yasmina Gala is just saying, oh, mashallah, amazing, auntie, mashallah. We've got Amna, Amna Zafar, 1987, yeah. saying amazing. Um, oh, thank you, Amna Baji. Yeah. I'm auntie to her, her children. <laughs> oh, mashallah, that's so beautiful. Mashallah. Um, okay, so... When would you say, uh, did you ever, when you got diagnosed, did you ever go through a a phase where you were kind of um, like not wanting to think about it or just pretending it's not existing or I don't know, like, did you find yourself going through that stage at any point after the diagnosis? No, in fact, every day I would go into research mode and I would try and find out as much as possible about it. Um, when I was first diagnosed, I found this American doctor and nurse and they would hold multi chats and you could ask them any questions you have about MRKH and you could also talk to other ladies with MRKH and yeah. I, I actually suggested to them that they start support groups there because I found the UK's one helped me a lot and alhamdulillah, because of my suggestions, they started support groups so for 16 years oh, wow. because of my suggestion. Yeah. They started support oh. groups and that's been really nice to know that, that just from one suggestion I made, I've helped mm. so many MRK sisters. I know how difficult it can be and how lonely you can feel and I, I don't want any other MRKH lady to feel that way. So yeah, I made a suggestion to the American doctor and nurse to start support groups and alhamdulillah they did and also I started yeah. support groups um for my Arab and Asian sisters yeah help them as well yeah 
mashallah. Um, when did you uh, feel comfortable? When did you get to a point where you felt comfortable to take this uh, publicly? It's only been a few months during this lockdown. Yeah. So, yeah, it all started back in 2018 when I mm -hmm. attended some psychological group therapy. So I attended some psychological group therapy with the psychologist and three other MRKT ladies. And although yeah. I was regularly attending the hospital support groups, it wasn't until that point that I was really able to open up and speak up about MRKH. So okay. I, I attended that group therapy for one and a half hours every month for six months. And I found that made a big difference. So much so that I created a profile on Musmat. And at the end of my profile, I wrote, I was born without a uterus. Please only contact me if you're okay with that and how I'd love to adopt. And I was really surprised, yeah. but I did have some brothers contact me. So that was really yeah. nice. Yeah, that there are understanding guys Aww. out there. So that was the start of my journey to deeper acceptance. And then recently during lockdown, because we can't meet each other and have in-person support groups, there's been a lot happening in the MRKH community online. There was one yeah. global MRKH event where there was 250 ladies with MRKH in one meeting. So that was quite powerful and uplifting. Wow. And yeah. yeah, that was pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're diagnosed, you're told it only affects one in 5,000 ladies. And then okay. to be in that meeting with, 250 <laughs> was pretty amazing and uplifting yeah yes yeah you realize and, you're not so alone <laughs> and also i used to attend these regular mrk zooms and in one of them i, re I read my story with mrkh so yeah all of that like slowly helped me get more confident and except myself, not only with MRKH, but just in general. Um, I also suffer with hirsutism, like excess hair growth all over my body. So I would regularly get threading or waxing done, but with the salons being closed, I've had to learn how to accept that as well, accept myself Yeah. with that as yeah. well. Mm -hmm. Actually, I didn't mention, but I actually at one point went to the doctor about this, and mm -hmm. to try and get laser for my face and neck hair because it was really getting me down. Yeah. And the doctor sent me for a blood test. That showed my prolactin hormone level to be really high, which was really odd because normally that that's high when you're pregnant or give birth because that's what produces milk for the baby. So that okay. led me to having a short synaphin test, an MRI scan, and yeah, I got diagnosed with another shocking diagnosis of a microprolactinoma, which is a okay. benign tumor in my pituitary gland. Alhamdulillah, oh, wow. I, um, I was lucky to be diagnosed because I went to try and get laser for my facial hair. I didn't yeah. really go for that. It was causing me one strange symptom, which was I would get fleeting sharp pains in my head for a few seconds. And I did think that was strange, but for some reason I didn't think to get there investigated. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. what did you get on your head? What was it? It's called a microprolactinoma. So it's a the, benign... The, the, the symptom. What did you say the symptom was? Oh, a fleeting sharp pain in my head. So I would get a sharp pain in my head, but it would just last for a few seconds. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, it's really strange. But for some reason, I didn't think to get that investigated. Um, yeah. So then I got put on medication twice a week. And actually, the medication was actually worse than the actual diagnosis. I got really bad oh. side effects. Yeah, including mm. dizzy, dizzy spells. So then yeah. I told my doctor, and then I got reduced to the lowest dose, which alhamdulillah worked quite well. And within a few yeah. months, the tumour went away. But I had to take oh. medication for a total of three years. Yeah. 
Alhamdulillah. Yeah. I feel like um, my life has been a bit of a medical test, but I feel like whatever I go through has made me stronger, Alhamdulillah. Recently, I also started getting some other urological issues where I would get urine incontinence, so leakage of urine, and also I would get painful frequent UTIs. So that led me mm-hmm. to having a series of investigations, including a surgical cystoscopy under under general anaesthetic. So okay. that means I had a ca- camera put up my urethra and bladder. Okay. And that was quite a scary experience, um, especially because of COVID. Mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to take anybody in with me. And yeah, oh. I did feel a bit alone, but... It was a beautiful reminder that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always there for you. And it was du'as and prayers that got me through it as well as mindfulness and other things. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. You know, like life, um, you know, like life is a test. You know, even mm, the, the blessings we have, they're a test too. And sometimes mm. we we forget that we're, we're we're not in Jannah. We forget that we're in this world, and mm. I believe that every single person ha- has their own test um, yeah. that they kind of have. They kind of go on a journey with that test, mm. um, and, and and I believe that it's through that test that they come to know themselves better. And they That's come to a point where yeah. they 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 choose they come to a point where they choose to be vulnerable with themselves first, and then through that have the courage to accept you know what they're going through. Um, and when you're in that, and when you go through that journey of of self acceptance, when you go through that journey of mm. um, saying this is me, this is my story. Um, I think that gives birth to a you that is worth all of those like years of of whatever you went through to to get up True. to that point. Um, and you come you come out of it, and mm. then you look back at that at those years, and mm. you think, Alhamdulillah, like you know what? I'm mm. so grateful for those those tests and, and those times. Because the lessons and the gems, you know, that, that I take from it is like, it's, it's, it's like there's, there's, there's no amount of money that can, um, mm. that can give, like, be of the same value, you know. Um, so alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah ala kulli hal. And, um, yeah. And, and yeah, and I still make dua that Allah grants you an opening and he blesses you with, with many righteous children. Um, hold on to Allah, make dua, obviously, I'm sure you are, and, and just never give up. Inshallah. Yeah, I try. Um, just going to read the comments. Um, so Susie's, uh, Susie's mom is saying, thanks for reaching out and sharing your experience. Um uh, who we got here? Uh, reading with doctor is saying it is beautiful. Uh, Amna Zafar, Aisha, you are a very strong woman. Keep it up. Oh, uh, Yasmin Agala, thank. Uh, Yasmin Agala, thank you for sharing your story and trusting us with it. Uh, you, walking with MRK, uh, MRKH she's saying proud of you for that step about oh. Musmach Aisha. Oh. Thanks, that's um, so <laughs> uh, Mr. I think it's Mr. Is it I'm not sure. Sorry, uh, Khan. Me saying I agree at walking with MRKH. Uh, um, ayah, subhanallah, and the new ones who've joined us. Salam alaikum. Okay, mashallah. So, um, uh, I came across you, um, when you joined her story inspires uh, Instagram page. Yeah, and it was through my friend Kuzuma mess- that I found out. Oh, okay, mashallah. <laughs> and then you you messaged and you reached out and I remember you shared like links to um to to kind of learn more about MRKH 
and I remember when I clicked on the page that you shared and I was mm. just reading uh about mm. it I just thought subhanallah like in my years of living I've never heard of this subhanallah yeah we did um, I never heard of it no that is <laughs> yeah 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 That's so yeah yeah subhanallah subhanallah wow. um and it, it kind of um but yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah it was definitely I didn't know but what was I going to say um uh subhanallah lost my train of thoughts there then I was going to I was going to say this I was going to say um and then you yeah, you reached out and I read your message and then I just thought we have to definitely get you to join uh, to come on 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 the podcast and and share your story um because subhanallah your story is so in line with you know the purpose behind her story inspires podcast and um yeah and I'm just so glad <laughs> that you did come on and uh, yeah I'm glad it's all even though it took me weeks to say yes <laughs> Yeah. yeah alhamdulillah um okay so um uh can you tell us more about uh the support groups that you that you organize for mrkh uh women who have mrkh so um it's just on a very small scale but i've created like yeah yeah um not yeah sorry um facebook messenger groups and in one of the groups I've added all the Arab members together so sometimes they speak yeah. in Arabic with one another because that's their first language so they feel more comfortable connecting with each other in Arabic and yeah. I'm also quite good at connecting market sisters from the same country together yeah so if I um come across like some market sisters from India I'll put them in touch with one another so I'm quite good with that and through that like yeah the, the sisters have developed like good friendship and supported each other on the journey so yeah that's been quite nice yeah. and I've also oh, um Masha, it's really beautiful yeah I've also um made some pen pals across the world with Emirates sisters oh, and yeah. we write letters to, we write letters to each other we even exchange yeah gifts to each other one of my friends is in Jordan. Mm. She's yeah. currently studying um pharmacy at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been quite nice yeah. as well. I think that has to be one Aww. of the biggest silver linings to MRKH. I've got worldwide sister friendships all over the world. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Mashallah. It's always so comforting when you come in touch with others who are, you know, going through the same or same or similar journey. um subhanallah yeah. that's really beautiful um i was going to ask um yeah. you know the women in in the support group like what have they found to be like what have they found to be challenging with mrkh mrkh so i think um one of the main things is not being able to carry a, a child ourselves but mm-hmm. and and nowadays there is uterus transplant happening in America and some MRKH ladies have been able to become a mom that way and also sure. um i didn't really mention this but um we were born we were born with a short vagina so that's not enough to have intercourse so a lot of okay. us find dilating to be quite difficult or some of us go through yeah. surgery and a lot of us struggle with feeling not good enough for a man yeah Aww, um yeah those of you that listen to Amira Zaki's episode i'm sure you know what dilation is but i don't mind explaining yeah. so um dilators they they look like test tubes they come in different sizes the set i used um was from size 1 to size 7 you put some lubricant and with the vagina supposed to be i've got a small vaginal opening so you push the dilator in and hold it in place for 10 to 15 times like um three times a day to start off with and then you reduce it to twice a day yeah. and the more you do it the more quicker you're done with it and it stretches that area and creates a vagina so yeah the hospital where i was diagnosed they admit you for two and a half days to start the process 
So okay. you have the nurse dilate you and show you how to do it correctly. And they make sure you're confident enough to carry on doing it at home. Although this was really yeah. embarrassing and awkward. And I kind of felt like I was doing something wrong, especially because I was single. But I just wanted to do it for myself to get it out of the way and to just create a vagina. So I know this sounds silly, but to feel more complete as a woman. But I later realized that yeah. it cannot really do, do that. That can only come from within me. But although mm. I found dilation quite traumatic, like I would dilate mm. with one dilator, then cry, then move on to the next. I managed to keep mm. at it. And within six weeks, I was told I'm done. But I, mm. I realized I wasn't really in the right headspace to do it at 19. I shouldn't have rushed into it. And also, normally the hospital offer you counselling sessions, but this um, hospital was without a psychologist at the time. And also, yeah, now I have shrunk because I haven't kept it up and I am single. But that is a worry that I'll have to go through that one day. But it's good to know sisters like Amira Zaki help sisters do this. So that was Aww. quite nice to know. Yeah. Yeah. And even that, um, if you I guys feel... are wondering what uh, Aisha's talking about, if you go to episode six of her Story Inspires podcast, um, we had uh, Amira Zaki um, with us. She's a uh, sexual wellness coach. So if anything that Aisha's mentioned up to this point you want to know more about, please head, up, head to that episode, inshallah. But yeah, current Aisha. Yeah, it's quite nice of her to speak up about that and I think I might need her help one day um although I have come a long way and accepted myself a lot more um I I do have a problem about trying to find a guy and because then I'll have to go through dilation and I don't really want to go through that so that is something I need to overcome but even that I feel has made me stronger yeah Mashallah, that's amazing. That's really amazing. Mashallah. And um, what I like to do, so, uh, yeah, go on. Yeah, what I like to do, like, I live quite near the UK's National Centre for MRK. So if any of my MRK sisters come in, come to hospital for dilation, I like to go visit them, bake them some cupcakes, and give them a card Aww. and try and support them along the journey because, yeah. I know how difficult it can be, so I want to try and make it easier for them. Oh, that's really beautiful, mashallah. I'm just going to read some of the comments. Yeah. Um, we've got walking with MRKH. Our global sisterhood is indeed amazing. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, I agree. Alhamdulillah. Um, <laughs> so I'm proud of you, Aisha. Um, oh, thank you. Uh, for doing this live today may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help all of us who have been given tests such as MRKH Ameen. and similar conditions Ameen 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 Ameen, Ameen. Um, Subhanallah what was I going to say I was going to say um, so you know when what's, what, since you've shared um, you know uh, your your condition with, with the world um, <laughs> how has this changed your life it's helped me reach a deeper acceptance and feel a lot happier about myself. Yeah. Um, I even had um, a relative from Pakistan voice note me and she said she didn't really understand what I said. So if I could explain it in Urdu or if I could get my mom to explain it. I've had, yeah. I also had a, a Bangladeshi sister from America reach out to me after going public saying she found me really inspiring and that was quite nice and I was actually the first person she had spoken to with MRK so that was really nice to know mm. and yeah it made me go it made me be even more glad about being public about it to know that I'm helping other ladies with it yeah mashallah that's really beautiful um Okay, inshallah. Um, if any of you have got any questions for uh, Aisha, please share them now um, because we're coming towards the end of the podcast now. Um, 
So usually, as you know, we end the we end each episode with uh, summary questions. Um, the first one is, who would you say has been your rock throughout your your life, and why? Mm, I can't pick one person. Um, it's been a lot of different people. So I would say my family, like my mum, cousins, sisters, my MRK sisters, some of them who are watching, um, my nephews, nieces and neighbourhood children, my kids. They're always there to cheer me up and make me laugh. Um, yeah, um, you know, my family and friends have always been there me to cry upon mm. to give me a hug to yeah take my mind off things to come to support groups so yeah even um, my, really i have to mention my local neighborhood family i can't forget them like recently um when i had my surgical cystoscopy um mm -hmm. my, all my local neighborhood showered me with lots of duas presents even mm. food <laughs> so, so I can't just say one person there's been a lot of people in my life that really helped me alhamdulillah alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. um okay I'm so grateful and I'm just gonna just share I think what one or two comments sorry um we've got Maria saying you're amazing and inspiring Aisha oh, oh mashallah it's beautiful um, okay, so the second question we usually end with is uh, what three pieces of advice would you share with your younger self? Um, but for today's episode, Aisha will be doing something a bit different. Um, so Aisha, what are you going to be doing? <laughs> <laughs> so recently during lockdown, I've been taking part in a, a lot of MRK campaigns to take part, uh, take part in a lot of MRK campaigns to raise awareness. So one of the campaigns was writing a letter to your younger self. And that was part of an American organization. I had to write a letter about what I would tell my 17-year-old self, MRK edition. So I just wanted to end the session with that. Do we have enough time? Yeah, we do. I just want to just double check. Can you all hear Aisha properly? Can everybody hear me? Uh, yeah, can we get double, just double check that everybody can hear yeah. her clearly. Is is it cutting out or can you hear really well? And can everybody hear me okay? Does it sound okay? Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, somebody's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, oh, perfect. Okay, perfect. Okay, perfect. Okay, begin. Yeah, so this letter that I wrote to my younger self, also contains some advice that I would give to my younger self. What I would tell okay. my 17 year old self, MRKH edition. Dear younger self, I know right now you feel like a whole new different person, but one day you are going to use this difference to make a big positive difference in the world by turning to MRKH advocacy. Initially, you will feel like an outcast and so different to all your female classmates. But later, you will realize how MRKH can be a blessing in disguise. At 15, you got given a new companion called MRKH. But remember, this is not a new companion, and you have always had this companion from birth. The reason you didn't know about this companion of yours is because it was playing hide and seek with you, and it was in a very good hiding space. The day after your diagnosis will feel like it's a normal school day, with everything just as it normally is but you won't feel the same anymore. Within a span of 24 hours, you will feel like a different person. It will be as if overnight an invisible barrier has sprung up that separated you from the other girls in your class, a barrier that you can't break down how much ever you try. The barrier was none other than MRKH that sets you apart from the other girls and makes you feel different from them. I want you to know you are beautiful and perfect just the way you are. There's no normal. We are all different in different ways. And that is what makes us all unique, beautiful individuals. Lacking female organs and not having periods does not make you any less of a woman. One day you will realize that even though right now you feel so incomplete, different and broken into tiny pieces. 
as a woman without periods. You will feel you need to be fixed by dilation to create a vagina. However, please remember, Allah, God has made us all unique, but perfectly and beautifully. You don't need to be fixed in any way. You will realize your expectations from dilation were too high. Dilation can't make you feel complete as a woman. That can only come from within yourself. Please do not hold your emotions in and, and allow yourself to feel them. It's okay not to be okay and allow yourself to feel grief, sadness and to seek professional help if you need it. It can be really beneficial and make a world of difference to your emotional well-being. Do also remember it is okay not to always like MRKH and be okay with it. I know right now you have gone super quiet and you just want to disappear or for people not to notice you, but soon you will find your voice again. You will be able to speak up and find your confidence, especially during the world pandemic. You will really flourish and bloom and even present webinars for children on a large scale. Do reach out and connect with others like yourself, as it will make the world of difference to you and to other MRK sisters too. Actually, you will find building MRK friendships and having social gatherings with your special sisterhood to be the best form of therapy you could ever get. You are going to gain so much courage and strength and even turn to MRKH advocacy and gain friendships globally from something which once crushed your world and turned it upside down and made you go on an emotional rollercoaster ride. Right now, it feels like you are riding more on the rollercoaster loops, going round and round with no going forward, but soon you will be riding more on the highs and being stuck in the loop. You will find love and you can still be a mum if that is what you want to do. There are so many children out there who need a loving home and you have so much love to give to children. Becoming an aunt to your sister's children, your friend's children and your neighborhood children will help you fill some void of not becoming a mother yourself. You will even be called mom by your nephews and niece. You will even have a nephew who resembles you. I want you to know that you can lead a very happy and successful life with or without children of your own and you don't need a man or child to complete your life. You will find your true deeper purpose in life as an educator, teacher and prison play worker. You will make a difference to so many more children's lives in such a beautiful, positive way that you would never have ever imagined. You will host webinars for children on a massive scale and touch the lives of many children this way. It will make your faith in Allah, God stronger and your beautiful faith will give you the strength to carry on when you feel like you can't anymore. It is true like the ayah in the Quran says, after hardship is ease, and Allah, God, does not lay a burden greater than one can bear. It is true, Amarkit will make you the strongest lady ever. You will even use that strength to work on a very unique DIY project of creating your own vagina and then turn to helping your special sisterhood navigate through this difficult life journey too. Do remember, you have to keep dilating or have intercourse to keep it up and it will not remain open just on its own. Please don't pressure yourself to dilate. It can be done at any time you want or you don't have to do it if you don't want to. I know that some choose not to dilate and dilate naturally through intercourse. It takes a lot of mental, physical strength, patience and determination to be successful at dilating. You will start an amazing legacy and inspire the Boston Annual Support Groups. You will also start support groups to help Arab and Asian sisters and be an amazing connector and connect so many MRK sisters to one another on a global level. You will even develop sisterhood and friendship on a global level and become so close that you even exchange cards and parcel to one another. I want you to remember there's a light at the end of the tunnel and you will see the light one day. Actually, you will be that light to shine the path for many of your fellow MRK sisters. I can be changed by what happens to me, but I refuse to be reduced by it, Maya Angelou. You certainly will not let MRKH reduce you. Do always cling on to hope. Hope can stand for, hang on, pain ends. Well, the pain doesn't end completely, but it will be much lesser in the future and you will learn to navigate and drive this life journey of yours much more smoothly. Stay strong, stay smiling, sending lots of love, prayers and hugs. You've got this girl, Aisha. Oh, subhanAllah. That was so beautiful, Aisha. SubhanAllah. Thank you. Yeah, that was really beautiful. MashaAllah. And I know there were some comments coming through as well. Um, 
Subhanallah. Um, so we had uh, Maria saying, wow. Um Ayas saying she's crying, so emotional. Oh. Esmina Gala saying, powerful. Uh, Maria saying, this is beautiful. Everything I feel written in words. Ah, oh, Subhanallah. Oh. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Like every word in that letter was just, you could tell it's coming from the heart. <laughs> Subhanallah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll accept it from you Um, Okay inshallah If we don't have any more questions For Aisha um, Inshallah we'll come to the end now Of the podcast Um, So what will happen Is that if if You have any questions You can either direct it to Aisha Or you can DM us uh, In our Instagram page And inshallah we'll pass it on to Aisha Um but other than that, my dear sisters, um, we have come to the end. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept it from our dear Aisha, to bless Amen. her and her family, to grant her complete Amen. shifa. And for all sisters who have this, you know, similar, same condition or similar condition, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant them complete shifa and to Amen. bless them with righteous and, and, and many, many children. Ameen. Um Amen. Also, Shala, this um, this episode will be available to you know watch again on our Instagram TV after the live finishes, and it will be available across all our different podcast platforms and our YouTube channel sometime next week. Um, but other than that, my dear sisters, we do, we have come to the end. Just going to read some of the last few comments. Okay, um, okay so Yasmina Kasan, Jazakallah Khair. Very insightful. Uh, Amna Zafar saying amazing, amazing words. Um, Amna, uh, sorry, Amna Mu'in, I think it's. Uh, Mashallah, it's beautiful, yeah, yeah. Aisha. Uh, Mr. Khan and me saying Ameen. Um, yeah, everyone's just saying Ameen. Um, so we end it here, inshallah, my lovelies. Uh, take care of yourselves. And assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.